0: Diesel and gasoline prices hit all-time highs in 2022. Oil companies reaped the benefit. Revenues for the biggest integrated European and American oil companies nearly doubled in 2022 from 2021. Profits soared to $200 billion. But the record-breaking year has brought about mixed emotions.
1: Oil companies, record profits today, are not because they're doing something new or innovative. The profits are a windfall of war.
2: It's unfortunate that politicians make these claims because they think they're going to impress their constituents, but they're leading their constituents wrong.
0: The year began with tight supply and rising demand as countries emerged from the pandemic.
3: 2022 saw tremendous volatility in the oil markets, and then we had a war involving one of the world's largest oil and gas producers.
1: What President Biden is announcing is a ban on Russian oil. These are some of the most punitive measures that we will have seen from the United States and from its European allies to date.
0: In the wake of these punitive measures, West Texas intermediate prices closed at an annual high of $123.70 per barrel on March 8, 2022. WTI is a light, sweet crude oil mostly sourced from Texas, which serves as one of the main benchmarks for crude oil prices.
1: Russia began to heavily discount uh, its oil price to China and India, and those two countries have stepped up in a big way to buy them. So that high price environment, those fears about lost Russian supply, again, didn't materialize uh, because of Russia's steps to counteract the immediate embargo by the United States for the most part.
0: Oil prices kept falling through the rest of the year as Russian oil kept flowing into international markets and concerns over inflation and interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve were building. On December 9th, the price of WTI fell to $71.02 per barrel. All the same, oil prices spent about three months above $100 a barrel. Even with later declines, that was enough to buoy oil companies to record profits.
4: We had our strongest operations in history. We've had our lowest cost in uh,
1: 16 years. Results in 2022 reflect uh, primary three things, the right strategy, excellence in execution, and in the hard work and commitment of our people. So 2022 uh, record year, $40 billion of earnings. um, And I feel privileged to be stepping into into this role at such a a great point in in the company's
0: history. In many cases, these profits doubled over what these companies earned in 2021. But in the face of high gas prices, record-breaking profits have generated massive backlash. President Biden argued that if companies were reinvesting in U.S. operations, consumers wouldn't be bleeding, paying $5 a gallon for gas.
1: Give me a break. Enough is enough. Look, I'm a capitalist. You've heard me say this before. I have no problem with corporations turning a fair profit and getting a return on their investment and innovation. But this is remotely what's happening.
0: He and others have accused the industry of war profiteering, squeezing American consumers, and exacerbating inflation. In June, the president sent a letter to oil companies saying their well above normal profit margins were not acceptable. Then, on October 31st...
1: I think they have a responsibility to act in the interest of their consumers, their community, and their country to invest in America by increasing production and refining capacity.
0: The president has taken aim at dividend increases for shareholders and stock buybacks. He thinks that money ought to be used for investments in drilling,
2: Oil production is actually at its highest level since the start of the pandemic. You're seeing the Permian experience the highest level of production at around 6.5 million barrels per day. And so you are seeing a rebalancing, so to speak, of supply and demand.
0: The president's main concern has been stabilizing oil prices in order to contain prices at the pumps. He authorized the release of 50 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in 2021 and another 180 million in 2022. This is by far the most by any president in history. But Biden isn't the industry's only critic. The record profits are
1: coming at your expense. And that's why today I'm calling for a windfall tax to ensure these profits go directly back to help millions of Californians who are
0: paying for this oil company extortion. The European Union has taken similar measures. ExxonMobil sued the EU to try to block the passage of a windfall tax law there.
2: Windfall profits tax would do nothing but reduce uh, supplies It showed during the 1980s when it was put into effect.
0: The American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers and the American Petroleum Institute have made several points in defense of the industry. Among other things, the groups said, one, U.S. refineries were operating at or near maximum capacity. Two, about half of refinery shutdowns were conversions to renewable fuel production. Three, investments in refineries take years to materialize. And four, that pump prices are mostly determined by global markets. First among these is the price of crude oil. The health of oil companies, even their fate, largely depends on the price of oil.
1: The bottom line is if crude oil is not over $100 for you know 90 plus days like it was last year, they're not going to have record earnings. They ride this cyclical wave, this price you know, sort of roller coaster, if you will. As much as people may be upset, and this, this story is going to obviously get a lot of attention, rightly so, because of these record profits and their stocks are at all time highs, at least Rexon Mobile.
0: As astounding as 2022 was for these oil companies, 2020 was the opposite. When oil prices dropped to negative $40 a barrel, the industry was hit hard. During those difficult days, firms such as Chevron and Exxon continued to pay their dividends.
1: They got a lot of pressure back then because they a lot of pensioners historically that hold on to that stock and clip that dividend coupon.
0: The industry has also argued that 2022's supply shortages resulted in part from policy choices. You continue to hear this
2: administration talk about the need for more supply, but they propose windfall profits taxes or price gouging, or they lock up federal lands for oil and gas development. They talk about the need for permitting reform and more infrastructure, but then they turn around and cancel pipeline projects. They talk about the need to reduce regulatory costs and burdens on the consumer, and then they go and increase taxes on domestic producers who are competing globally.
3: This is a real challenge for the Biden administration, because if we take a step back, the Biden administration came into office very focused on combating climate change. Remember some of the first things that were announced? And there was this view that the Biden administration would work to essentially limit the footprint of oil and gas in the United States.
0: But once oil prices started running up, the administration rapidly pivoted to keeping retail gasoline prices below $4 a gallon, So while the initial signals were keep the oil in the ground, the message shifted to one pushing oil companies to drill more.
3: But that is a very, very tricky line for the Biden administration to walk because it potentially causes problems with the climate activists in the base. And also for oil company executives, they are essentially saying that we are confused about the message that you're sending to us. We are concerned about regulation. We are concerned about you essentially saying you wanted oil now, but you don't want it in future. How can we plan around such messages from the administration?
0: One question remains. Will oil companies continue to rake in sky high profits while the price of oil soars? Will they repeat their record performance?
1: Are they going to do it again this year? I personally don't think so. Again, the prices come down so much both for natural gas and crude oil. It's gonna be, what do we do for an encore type of thing? In a way, you can sort of say the big oil company's luck is starting to run out if it hasn't run out already.
3: Today, it's a tale of sort of two concerns. There's a residual concern about global growth. There's still concern about aggressive Fed action, but there's also the story of the China reopening. I mean, it's an amazing thing to think about that we had such elevated energy prices in 2022 when essentially China has locked down its country out of COVID concerns. And now we have mobility restrictions being lifted in China.
0: Over the longer term, oil companies are preparing for a world where there might be lower demand for oil. BP's latest report, they predict declining
4: demand over the next several decades and not because of climate change. They see this coming. Their,
0: their world is changing. Large economies are already decarbonizing. There are now competitive alternatives to oil in areas like power generation and transportation.
4: FIS. The average person, you know, have U.S. emissions of greenhouse gases gone up every year? The answer would be yeah, they just keep getting worse. Well, in fact, we peaked here in the U.S. back in 2007. We've been
0: going down ever since. Emissions have already dropped across much of Europe. In Germany, for example, they have declined by more than 40% from their peak. These record profits don't
4: really make much of a difference from my perspective and our potential for decarbonizing and what's going on in the real world. In fact, there's an argument to be made that those record profits actually help accelerate the transition.
0: Usher's argument is that there are basically two ways to decarbonize, go after supply or go after demand. Putting pressure on oil companies, either through taxation, regulation or public pressure, is one strategy to reduce supply. This, in theory, raises prices and drives consumers away. The trouble is that isn't really how it works out. Fossil fuel demand for most consumers is inelastic. This means that people often don't or can't reduce the use of those products when the price rises. People need to drive places, to work, to stores, to their children's schools. Many use heating oil to heat their homes. The other way is to try to reduce demand. And the way to do that is through providing substitutes. Those substitutes are more abundant today than they ever have been. Solar power, for example, has historically been expensive, a luxury even but it is becoming the cheapest form of power generation in the world. The oil and gas industry
4: knows this. They see these projections of what we call the energy transition that's coming from fossil fuels to renewables, electric vehicles. The reaction is actually to drill for less oil and gas, to invest less in the sector. But what happens when you invest less in the sector, the available supply diminishes and the price goes up. So we're seeing a higher price, partly because we're heading in the right direction.
0: High oil prices might bolster oil company profits, but they also stand to drive more consumers toward alternatives, be they solar power or EVs. This means over the long term, oil companies will have to invest in these same solutions in order to hold on to customers.
1: Some are taking steps to address this. As policy develops and the market starts to look for opportunities in that space, the things, the the competencies and capabilities that we've built over the years, Uh, are going to lend themselves to that and give us an advantage in that space, too. The potential
0: downside to this, though, is that as demand for oil dries up or as pressure from political leaders mounts, oil companies are less inclined to invest in oil exploration and production. That can make for some painful shortages and higher prices in the short term. The challenge these companies face is investing for this future while also responding to criticism they aren't drilling enough to keep the oil flowing today.